Okay, so we're going to pick it up from the Mishnah and Daf Memzayin Amid Beis. The Mishnah says like this: Hareni If someone says you are to me aser, meaning so I'm asering someone else, so hamudar aser, then you're aser to me. Very simple. There's, there's no chiddush so far. Hare at alai cherem, I am aser to you. So hanoider aser, then I'm aser to you. Hareni alechav at alai, if you and I are aser, shneim assume we're both aser. So far, no no chiddush. Now, now, now is the chiddush in the Mishnah. Let's say we both can't benefit from each other. I can't benefit from you, you can't benefit from me. So, shnei mutarim b'davr shal oilei bavil. The halacha is that when two people can't benefit from each other, they're not allowed to benefit from each other's property, and they can't benefit from anything that they're both partners in. There are certain things that are not considered partners. There are certain things that are considered communal where you're partners, and then there are certain things that are communal that is hefker. Oilei bavil was that there were certain municipalities, in order to allow people to be Eulah Regal, they made certain things Hefker. Like, um, as we're going to see in a moment, uh, let's say the wells. Right? There were wells that were on their way to Eretis, on their way to, er, to Yerushalayim that were meant to be free for anyone that's Eulah Bavel. You don't look at it as everyone's a partner in it. Because if everyone's a partner, then we're partners. You can't benefit from me, I can't benefit from you. It's, it's Hefker. It's not that we're all partners. It's ownerless. It's not owned by everyone. Okay. But things that are communal municipality things, that's a problem. Meaning, the communal municipality uh, things, which we'll describe in a moment, like shuls, shuls were not ownerless. They were owned by everyone. Everyone had a share in the shul, which means I'm a partner in you, you're a partner in me. We can't benefit from each other, can't enter the shul. So the Mishnah says, What's considered ownerless for all of Klal Yisrael? Harabayis. This is assuming that Harabayis was not, uh, was not uh, part of any Shevet. Uh, I don't know what's going on. V'Azarais, and the Azarais, V'Habar Shevem Tzaderech, and the pits that are in, uh, in the pits that are in the middle of the Derech, the wells, they were filled with water, they were wells for all those that are being Yushalayim, those are ownerless. But what's considered everyone's a partner in that you can't enter? The city square, the public bathhouse, the shul, and the arin, and the sifritaira. They were all considered communal. Okay. So if they're communal, it's owned by everybody. So if it's owned by everybody, I can't use it and you can't use it because I can't benefit from you, you can't benefit from me. So we're shutzvim in it. And this obviously follows the opinion that we do not believe in Brera. So you can't say, well, I'm using my chalik and using your chalik. We don't believe in Brera. Therefore, we're just partners. Yes, I'm a small percentage. I'm a 2% ownership. You're a 2% ownership, but that prevents us. Now, I'll explain the way the Gemara describes these next three words. What you have to do in order to use it is you have to write your share over to the nasi. Meaning, I can't use this, the shul because you're a 2% owner. You can't use the shul because I'm a 2% owner. So what do you have to do? You have to give over your ownership to a third party. So you're not considered benefiting from me. You're benefiting from that third party. So you're supposed to do that. You have to write that to a nasi. A nasi was someone that wasn't just a regular guy. He was very chashiv. And therefore, by you writing up your ownership to him, we accept that as legitimate. So you have to write it to the nasi. And then, and then they both could use it? Then everyone could use it because I'm no, you're not using my share. I don't have a share anymore. I gave up my share to the nasi. So you're using the nasi's share. No, it's not prayer. No. No, I give over my share. I don't have a share anymore. I'm basically giving up my rights. So I can't use it if I don't have any rights in it. 
Well, no, I could still because the whole kahila is not makbid. Yes, I guess conceptually, if the entire kahila would say, well, you no longer have a share, you can't enter here. The assumption is that they're moichel, that, that everyone is moichel. I'm giving up my shares, but still embrace everybody else's shares. Well, no, they, they, yes, they could prevent me, obviously, if they want to, because I'm no longer a partner, but they would never would. But yes, I guess conceptually, if the entire shul were to get together and say, well, you no longer have a percentage ownership, you can't enter the shul, I guess conceptually. It doesn't matter the percentage. No. You write it up to the Nasi. So then, then the Gemara says, let me just make sure that this is still working. <clears throat> okay. So then the Gemara says like this, Rav Yehuda Oimer, Echa Kaisav L'Nasi, Echa Kaisav L'Hadiyat. Rav Yehuda said, it doesn't have to be writing to the Nasi. You could write up your shares. As long as you give your shares to another person, it doesn't have to be the Nasi. Meaning, if, it, if you're saying it has to be the Nasi, that's because you feel like it's not just enough to give up your shares. It has to be give up your shares to someone that everybody respects, that it's universally accepted that your shares are given up. Rav Yehuda says, why do you have to give it up to the Nasi? Give it to any guy, as long as you give your shares to a third party. Why not just enough Well, I guess, I, 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 I'm not sure why Hefker, I, this is... Um, sort of a, a defined hefker. I guess hefker would potentially also work, but this is you're giving up your shares to a third party. You don't have to be mafker and someone else to take it. You're giving it. You're basically giving it as a matana to a third party. So by the way, so says Rabbi Yehuda, uh, so, what's the, so why say nasi as opposed to non-nasi? So ma bin kaisel v'nasi kaisel hadith. If it works, if you write it to a non-nasi, why do you have to write it to a nasi? She kaisel v'nasi in tzarech l'zakis. Hadith tzarech l'zakis. The difference is, and this is not for now, we'll figure this on the Gemara, is that a nasi, you don't have to make a kinyan. You could write it for him, and he doesn't have to make a kin into acquisition because he's considered sort of a shutafis in everything. But a regular guy, it would work, but he has to make a kinyan. Okay. Chacham say, no, 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 there's no difference. If you need a kinyan, you need a kinyan. If you don't need a kinyan, you don't need a kinyan. So Chacham say, you need a kinyan in all scenarios, whether it's a nasi or non-nasi. So why do they mention nasi? They, they picked the Nasi because that's the most common thing. Why would I go to a random guy and, and give up my share to him? I'll give up my share to the, to the leader of Klal to the leader of the community. I'm not just giving... I mean, it's more common. People would be more comfortable doing that. They wouldn't want to give up their share to a random guy and then next week they get in a fight with that guy and then he has his my share too. You give it up to the Nasi. That was just more of a practical thing. Rav Yudah Oimer, Ein anshe galil tzrichem lichtoib, shekavar kos al Oh, so again, the premise is I say you can't benefit from me, you say I can't benefit from you, right? We had a big squabble. It works, by the way, one direction also, but I'm just picking both directions. So I can't enter the shul, you can't enter the shul. Unless we both give up our shares to a third party. If you give up your share to a third party, then I don't have a share anymore, you don't have a share anymore, it's not a problem, we can both walk in. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the city of Galil, you didn't have to do this. Why? The Gemara is going to explain the Galil, people of Galil were very hot-headed, and they would have fights a lot. So they were getting into the, like, the theme of, they were making a dorm against each other a lot. So it got to the point where the community, the community made a uh, stipulation where everyone's shares now belong to the Nasi always. So you no longer have to do the game. The game was already done for you. Meaning, the, the, in, the, in the city that Galil, they were so used to fighting that it, they were like, okay, new real... No one has a share in the shul. The shul belongs to the nasi only. And therefore, no one, you don't have to do this because they did it for you. It was a stipulation done by their grandfathers, and therefore it was sort of already baked into the system. So let's run through the Gemara. So now, the, the, way, the, the way I read the Mishnah was, if you have a squabble and you made nidarim, then the way to fix it is to give it over to a nasi. But if you actually read the Lashon of the Mishnah, it says, Hakosev Chalkol Nasi. It just says, write up your share to the nasi. It never actually says that that fixes the problem. So the Gemara, like, if, if, right, if you actually read the Lashon, it says, you can't enter the shul. 
and you write your chilek to the nasi. Now, it never actually says in the Mishnah that that remedies the problem. So the Gemara wants to speak this out. So the Gemara says, Amai Mitzar, why would writing a share to the nasi seem to be adding to the problem? Because the Mishnah never specifically says that it fixes it. So the Gemara says, no, 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 I'm Rav Shisha Umata Kantan, how do you fix the problem? I'm not sure exactly how they read the Mishnah before this, but the Gemara wanted to speak it out, that when you write your share to the Nasi, that doesn't add to the problem. Because the Mishnah is listing all the problems. It's listing, I can't enter this shul, I can't enter this, I can't enter that. And then it says, write your share to the Nasi. So the Gemara is just speaking out. It doesn't create a problem by writing your share to the Nasi. I mean, it's not like writing your share to the Nasi adds to the problem. It actually remedies the problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I'm not sure exactly how they would have read it, how, how they would have read it um, without this, but okay, the Kamar just wants to speak it out. Now, the rest, by the way, from here into the two dots, they just reprinted the Mishnah, so I'm just going to not say it, but um, okay, two dots. And in Galil, you didn't have to give it over to the Nasi because... It was already um, done for you. What does this mean? Tani review the Aymer. Anche Galil Kanat Raninheim. How are you? They were very, uh, very aggressive people. They got uh, tempers. They used to get fights in a lot. You know, you're in They were just assering each other all the time. So, I'm doing the same. So, the, 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 the people of Galil got up and said, okay, everyone gives up your share of the Nasi from now on. So, your Nidarim. Now, by the way, the Nidarim still take effect on your personal property. This whole writing to the Nasi only helps for the communal property. You still, in Galil, the, you still can't enter his house, you still can't eat his food. I just want to make that clear. It's not like in Galil they remove the problems of Nadarim, but what they removed is the communal issues, the areas of the shul, the Beis Amerchats, the Sifri Torah, the stuff that were communal, that was no longer a problem in Galil. Okay, start the Gemara. Now, a lot the Mishnah. A lot of this stuff we've had already, but the Mishnah speaks it out. Let's say you have two people. They're not allowed to benefit from each other, right? So Reuben can't benefit from Shimon, but Shimon's got no food, and Reuben's the only one who's got food to give him. So what do we do? We had this before. What you do is you give it to a third party as a gift, and then if that third party, you could suggest him, please do me a favor, give it to him. So fine. So it's a little bit of a game, but it's fine. You're allowed to do the game. Fine. Here's the prop. Then the Mishnah says, We've had this referenced a couple times, that there was a person in the city of Charon, that he had gotten a fight with his father, and he had asked his father from benefiting from him. So you have the grandfather and you have the, grand, uh, the son. So the son asked the father. Then the son had a child, and his son's wedding. So the grandfather can't go to the grandson's wedding because he can't, can't because the grandson's wedding is being paid for by the grandson's father, by the son, and the son asked the father, so the father can't go to the chasana. So the Mishnah says, So here's the thing, he wants his father to go to the funeral, to go to the, the chasana. The problem is the father can't benefit from the wedding. So here's what he does. So the son goes to his friend, and he says, Everything is given over to you. You now own everything at the Chasana. On condition that my father comes. So I'm giving you everything as long as you let my father come in. Meaning, I'm, I'm giving you this as a gift in order for my father to come. Meaning, I'm giving you everything at the wedding so that technically you can now invite my father. So the, son, the friend says... So this, the friend said, if everything belongs to me, everything is now Hegdash. Now why did he do this? By the way, he wasn't just being a jerk. The Cheshman was, he felt that this game was inappropriate. 
he didn't want any part in this game. So he was trying to show the friend that your game doesn't work because you're, you're trying to circumvent Nadarim by giving me everything in the chasana. So it's technically mine. Said I could invite your father. Fine. You want to play this game? It's really mine? Everything's Hegdish. What's the answer? It's not really Hegdish, right? Because you never really gave it to me. If you never gave it to me, then I can't invite your father. I think that was his point. He was trying to show that you're playing games with Nadarim. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being involved in the games. So it says, so the, son, so the son said to the friend, you think I gave you my wedding, everything in the wedding for you to give it to Hegdish? So you want to have your father come and the Aver is on my head? Meaning, you want to play games with me? I'm not, I'm not part of this game. So I'm, so, so the, so, I'm sorry? Why shouldn't it work? Why shouldn't it work for him to be in my... Because it's a game. You mean, so it was never a good matana? It was never a real gift. He never really gave it to his friend. He played a game. So his friend said, I, I'll show you it's a game. Because if I were to give it to someone else, you wouldn't be masking and you'd, you'd pr- protest. So it shows you that you never give it. So they ask the Chacham, basically you have two choices. It either didn't work and the father cannot go to the wedding, or it worked and everything's hectic. Right. So Chacham so said, if you give someone a gift, but you don't consent for them to give it to someone else, it's not a real gift. Meaning ownership means the rights to usage and the right to do whatever you want. If you give it to your friend on condition that he gives it in order for him to give it to his father, and he has no other rights to do anything with it, then it's not a real gift. So in other words, it didn't work, and your father can't come to the wedding. Oh, so the, is gonna, uh, the Ran will address that in a moment. That's a little different, but we'll see. The, the difference, for the record, the difference in Matana Manasla is at least until you give it back, you have full usage of it. You have full rights of the actual usage. This, the friend had no other purpose but other to be a vehicle to give it to, to, give it to someone else. That, the Ran says that would be the distinction. Now here's the problem. Though. The Mishnah seems to be a contradiction. The Mishnah starts off by saying that if you have two people and one of them doesn't have food, so what do you do? You give it to a third party, so give, give them the food. You play a game. That's fine. But then the Mishnah says there was a whole story with the wedding of Beis Haron, no good. That was a game. So it's like... It's called a Maisa Lister, right? You start with the halacha, and then you bring me a story that completely contradicts said, said halacha. You start off with the halacha that you can circumvent Nidoran by playing a game, basically. Reuven needs food, but Shimon is the only one who has it. Shimon already can't benefit to Reuven, so Shimon gives it to Levi, Levi gives it to Reuven. Oh, that's fine, sure. That's fine. But then this story, which is almost identical, no good, that's a game. So I don't understand. So the Gemara says, Maisa Lister, what's the difference? You mamish brought a halacha, and then you brought a story that contradicts said halacha. So the Gemara says, no. The difference is by the story, the way the Ran describes it. In the story, he verbalized what to do with it. So it's very clear from his actions that he never actually meant to give it a gift. Meaning, the Mishnah starts off by saying halacha, that if you have two people, Reuven and Shimon, Reuven can't benefit from Shimon, but Shimon's the only one who has food. He wants to give it to Reuven, but he can't. So Shimon goes over to Levi and he says, here's the gift. Does Levi understand what the deal is? Of course. They all are part of the game. They know this. But he never verbalized it. He just gave it to him, and that was it. In the case of the story of the wedding, he verbalized, Hin lefanecha I am giving you this on condition that you, that you send my father. Because he verbalized and he made it clear that the whole thing's a sham, that's why it doesn't work. So that's the, the Ran says, by the way, the Ran speaks it out. Even if it's clear from the context of what I want you to do, that's fine, as long as you don't verbalize. The second you verbalize, you lose it. So it says the Mishnah, 
Uh, it says the Gemara, over there, you verbalize what you wanted him to do. So it's a game. So then it's Aser. And the story, and then the Mishnah brings out a story to back it up that if there is a verbalization to clarify that you want it to be a game, then it doesn't work. Oh, now he has to verbalize. Now, what does he have to say? So, he has to say the following words Here's a gift in order that my father come. So you stipulate why you're giving him a gift. That's when it's a problem. But, but if he says, here's a gift, that my father comes. So if you just say, then it's fine. Why? Because we don't perceive that as a command, but as a hope. Meaning, if I give you a gift and I say, this is a gift in order for you to give it to my father. I add the words in order. That's a command. That means I'm saying, I'm giving you this gift for one sole purpose. That doesn't work. But if I say, then we actually perceive it as not as a command, but I'm giving you a gift with the hopes that you'll use this gift to give it to my father. Not a command, but more like a hope. A hope is fine. Because it's not clear that that's, it's more like, I'm hopeful. Listen, I'm giving you the gift. It seems to be I'm going to give it to you unconditionally. I really do hope that you'll give it to my father. So then it's fine. That's Rav's opinion. Then the Gemara says, Lishna um, a different version that says actually both are a problem. Whether it's hopeful or a command, both are an issue because you're using a lashon to dictate what the person should do, even in a hopeful way, is a problem. The lishna achrina, amrle, amrav, aloy tema, time to amrle, behinna lefanecha, vuda aser, av amrle, hain lefanecha, shivi abaviyechamutter. Don't say that there's a distinction between a command and a lashon of being hopeful, that being hopeful is okay and a command is a problem. And lafilo amrle, hain lefanecha, yavayabaviyechal aser. Both cases are a problem. My time is to dust love because. That's, go, that's considered a uh, verbalization where you're giving him a gift on condition to do something and you're verbalizing what to do with said gift, therefore it's a problem. Okay, go to the next page. Now, the Gemara says like this, Hahu Gavra, there was a person, Dahavli Bra, who had a son, Dahavashamit Kifidekisna, that was stealing flax. He was, uh, he, he, he was getting into robbery. So, so the father was very upset by the way he's acting. So he cut him off. He said, you're out of the will. You're not benefiting from me at all. Okay, that's fine. That, that could happen. Not a problem. Here's the problem. Amrile, they told the father, what about your grandson? Right? You have a little grandson who's two years old. Maybe in 15 years he's going to be a big, big tamachachim. And you already cut him out of the will because you cut out the son, which means you cut out the grandson. So I understand cutting out the son. I don't understand cutting out the grandson yet. So the father said, okay, good point. So he said, fine, here's the deal. I'm going to give half of my shares to my son in order that he gives it to his son if his son is a rough. Meaning, I'll give, on condition that the grandson is a tamachacham, I'm going to give 50% of my Yerusha to my son in order for him to give it over. Now the question is, does that work? Because the problem is the son is not allowed to benefit from him. I'm giving it to the son in order for him to give it over to his son. Does that work? What's the benefit what do you mean? No. Meaning, 
I'm using the son who is not allowed to benefit from me, but I'm giving him my half of my estate, which is a problem, but purely on condition that he keeps it moving. So does that break the nether? That's the question. So, so... I, I thought it was. It, it doesn't seem to be. For whatever reason, he chose 50%. It, it could have been any number. So, okay. So, fine. So, the Gemara says like this. Amri Pumpadisa. They said, Kani amenas lahaknesu, v'chol kani amenas lahaknesu, like kani. I mean, here's the deal. You can't give it over. The classic way Yerusha works is you give it to your son, and then when he's older, he gives it to his son. The problem with that is, I can't have my son actually acquire it fully because he's not let a benefit from me. So what I need to do is I need to give it to him in order for him to give it to his son. I need it to, two things. I need it to work halachically from a Kenyan perspective. And I also need that it doesn't violate the nether. So the question is, let's figure out the Kenyan. Does it work? I'm giving it to my son on pure condition that he give it to someone else. So in other words, I'm giving you property with the sole command for you to give it to someone else. Does that even work halachically? So the Gemara says, Amri I'm giving you an, an item on pure condition that you keep it moving, that you give it to someone else. It doesn't work. That's not a Kenyan. Ownership means that you have the right to do with it what you please. If I give it to you with 100% condition that you give it to your son, that's not a Kenyan at all, which means you don't really acquire it. If you don't really acquire it, then it doesn't go to the grandson. The way Rashi describes it, the reason why you need halachically it has to go through the son is because the grandson wasn't born yet. It's a mezakal oberleikane. You, you can't be maknet to someone who's not born yet. So I want to give it to the son, but on condition that he keeps it moving, says that doesn't work. That he's not a real owner. If he's not a real owner, it doesn't work. So the Gemara says, Rav Nachman Amarkani. Rav Nachman says, no, it does work. So we had a side shayla. Besides for the, the benefit of it, we have a side shayla. The real, it's bigger a shayla. Um, yeah. The real shayla is, does this work halachically? I'm giving it to one person, 100% condition that he keeps it moving. Does that work? It's the machlekes. So Pumbedisa said no, because ownership means the right to do with it. If I don't have the right to do it, I'm not an owner. If I'm not an owner, I can't, I can't be koina and makna. Rav Nachman says, no, you could. Why? Rav Nachman says, koni. I'll prove it to you. Every time you go to a chasana, right? So when they, everyone, they make a kinyan under the chuppah or the kinyan by the ksuba, what do they do? They do what's called kinyan chalipin. Kinyan chalipin means that you're trying to make acquisition A, take effect. So what you do is you make a second acquisition by picking up the guy's yarmulke or picking up his pen, purely with the intention for that to trigger acquisition B, which means I'm acquiring the, the handkerchief or the yarmulke or the pen with not the intention to keep it, but in order to just trigger something else. So you see that a Kenyan purely would not the intention of keeping it, but purely with the intention of keeping it moving works. Meaning the Gemara is equating that we're trying to figure out, I give you a, an item and I want you to be the owner in order purely for you to give it to Shemi. 
The question is, does it work? So Pavnis says, no. How do you have an, if, if an ownership means you can keep it? How, what do you? How do you acquire something purely to keep it moving? So he says, well, I'll prove it to you every single time at a chasana. You give someone a handkerchief. He has to acquire it. Does he keep the handkerchief? No. What's the purpose? The purpose is to keep moving. And the Gemara assumes that if at a chasana, the rabbi would want to just keep one of the Adam's handkerchiefs, the guy would be like, give my handkerchief back. He'd be like, wait, you gave it to me? No, I gave it you to you to, to trigger the second kinyan. I mean, you keep it. So you see, you could be make a kinyan on something, not with the intention of keeping it, but with the intention of keeping it moving. That's the, that's the so too over here. The son could acquire it in order to, to, to keep it moving. So the Gemara says, here's the problem. It's not equatable necessarily to a handkerchief by a chasana. Why? Gemara says two things. First of all, First of all, you're making an assumption. I said, in, while I was talking just now, that if the rabbi were to keep the handkerchief of the Edom, the Edom would say, give it back to me. And he'd have to give it back. Who said? Yes, it's very much understood at a chasana that the guy's not going to keep the handkerchief. But who says that he can't? I Meaning you're making an assumption that, oh, you see from the handkerchief that you could be kind of something purely in order to be makna, not to keep it. So too, ownership doesn't have to mean the ability to keep. It could just be making a kinyan in order to pass it along. Because a handkerchief, you, you can't keep, and yet you acquire in order to trigger another kinyan. Who said you can't keep it? Maybe you could keep it. I don't know. I mean, nobody ever will, because nobody's going to be a jerk that's going to keep the guy's handkerchief. But Ken Zion, it would work conceptually, and he can't force you to give back the handkerchief. A second distinction also between, again, we're trying to compare, we're having a shayla in general. Forget about whether you benefit from it. Forget about that, because the guy, the guy again, the guy ossered his son from, he cut him out of the will. But now he wants to put the son back in the will purely in order for him to acquire it, in order to keep it passed, to pass it along. So the Gemara says, the machleg is whether it works. In Hilchas Kenyonim, can you acquire something and be the owner if you 100% have no choice but to keep it moving. So the Pumbadiza said, no, because ownership means the rights to keep it. Rabbi Nachman says, yeah, no, you could you acquired it in order to pass it along. Why not? I'll prove it to you. Every time at a chasana, I'm picking up the pen, not to keep the pen, but to trigger that Kenyan, and then I give the pen back. Oh, so Ravashi says, first of all, who says you can't keep the pen? I mean, no one would, but maybe you could keep the pen. Also, another distinction, says Ravashi, Another distinction also, you can't compare the two. Why? You're trying to compare whether the son can give over the, the, the acquisitions to the, to the grandson when he gets older. You're trying to compare that to a kinyin chalipin by a chasana. The kinyin chalipin, what's taking place? I'm acquiring the pen right now in order for right now the acquisition to take place. Meaning, let's say, forget about it, because that's like theoretical. It's instantaneous. Let's say I want to acquire land from you. I can't pick up land, so what do you do? I take a pen in order to trigger the land. All of this is happening right now. Over there, though, in this case, you want the son to acquire it now, to do a Kenyan now, for it to maybe take effect in 20 years when the grandson is worthy. That, that could be, there's such a disconnect, maybe it's a problem. Meaning, the fact that it works by Kini Khalibin is not necessarily something you could compare to this case, because at least Kini Khalibin, it's all happening simultaneously. Over there, it's, you, you want a Kenyan to take place now, and then for it to be triggered in 20 years, maybe to do that, you have to have real ownership. And real ownership means the ability to transfer. I Khalibin works, Khalibin is happening simultaneously. It's not as hard for it to, something to take place. It's happening right now. But for time release, maybe you need more bylaws to have a time release.
Okay, now, here's the point. The Gemara says, Amrli Revler of Nachman, here's the Shiloh. You're telling me right now, Rav Nachman says, you could acquire, the, the son could acquire the property purely in order to give it over to the grandson, and that works in the laws of Kinyanim. That's good. Here's the problem. What happened in our Mishnah? All right? What was the case of the Mishnah? The son cut off the father. Can't benefit from him. But he wants him to come to the Chasana. So the son goes over to Bob, and he says, everything in the Chasana is yours in order for you to give it to my father. He said, no good. No, no, no good. That's not, that's not, you can't do that. Why? If he's the owner, he's got to be able to do with what he wants. He can't, he can't just give it over, then he's not a real owner. Because that, that was the whole point. He played the game, and he said, so then everything belongs to Hashem. And he's like, get out of here. I never did you. He says, okay, so if I'm not the owner, I'm not the real owner. What do you see? Ownership means that I have the right to do with it what I want. So how come over there it doesn't work, but in your case it does? Meaning, Rav Nachman is being mechadish, that in order to be an owner, you don't have to actually be able to do anything with it. You could be kind of it purely in order to give it to the grandson. Father eventually going to get hana from said item. Here What's the hana? Eating the milk. Uh, so, okay, so the Gemara has something similar to what you're saying. It's not exactly the same. Well, you're touching on something. One of them you have to give back, one of them you don't. I'm sorry, say it again. One of them he's giving back, one of them he's not. He's not giving it back in either case. By the way, the case of your case, he actually can never benefit from it. The, the father can never, the son can never benefit from it, but he can give it to the grandson. I mean, that's the point. The son can never actually benefit from the property, but we're using him to, ch- to funnel that he's acquiring in order to give it over. So the question is, does that work halachically? So he said, yeah, that works. I, he, has, he can't do anything with it. Okay, but he's the, he's the funnel. But how come in the Mishnah we said, no good, you can't be just a funnel. If he's acquiring in order to give it to the Father, no good, because any matana that you can't be makdish l'shem shemaim is not a real matana. What's the difference? So the Gemara says, the case of the Mishnah was mamish that, that you gave it to one person, in order to give it to the other, we said, no, no good, because that's not a real Kenyan. So, two answers. Zin and Amrle Mishum First answer is, over there, the Suda, uh, the Suda uh, 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 is Mechiach. What, what does this mean? So I'll, I'll tell you the way that Ran describes it. Over there, in the case of the Mishnah, again, what's the case? You have Yaakov and Yitzchak, biblical names. Yaakov is the son. He cut off his father Yitzchak. No good. Yitzchak can't benefit from him. But Yaakov is making a chasen for his son Yosef. And he wants Yitzchak to come. He can't do it. So he goes over to... He goes over to Tamar, a random person, and he says, listen, here's, everything is yours uh, in order to give it to you. No good. Why? Because it's not, there's it's no real ownership. You're just giving it to him in order to, no good. But, you have a case where Yitzchak cut off Yaakov, but Yitzchak wants to give over the Arusha to his grandson Yosef in the future. So Yitzchak says to Yaakov, everything is yours on condition to give it to Yosef. That's fine. What's the difference? Both cases, you're using a second person as a funnel. One works, one doesn't work. So it says the Ran, In the first case, he doesn't want to give it to Tamar. He doesn't want to give it to anybody. He wants his father to come to the Chasana. He doesn't care who actually does it. He would use a, a bot. He would use a computer program. He, he doesn't actually care who the middle person is. He's using that person as just a form of making a kinyan. No good. Over here, he, what's his goal? His goal is he wants his grandson, who's the to get his Yerusha. He wants, though, if he could choose anybody in the world to be the vehicle, to, he wants his son to do it. 
Even though he's upset that his son, he's not happy with what his son's doing, and he wants, and he cuts off his son, but he wants the process of Yerusha to take place, which is the son gives it to the grandson. So because over here, it's not just, that, yes, in both cases, they want the Kenyan to get to a third party, purely. And they're using the second party in order to be a vehicle. The difference is, in the first case, the case of the Mishnah, he doesn't care who that middle person is. It could be anybody. Therefore, it's more of a game. Because he's using that person as like a shell company. He doesn't even care who that is. In this case, he wants it to go to the grandson, true. But he also wants his son to be it. He, he wants it to go in the form of Yerusha. He's happy that it's the way Hashem wanted, which is a son gives it over to the grandson and the great-grandson. How do you know? How do you know that he wants it? I guess. So, so Ran says, Shekach seder nachlis. He doesn't want it to just skip the grandson, right? He wants it to go through the Seder of Yerusha. That's what we assume. So that's the, that's the first distinction. The second distinction is, is, is not more simple. The answer could also be very simple. You're trying to compare two different sugyas. Our sugya is over here, does it work in the laws of Kenyanim? The answer is yes. I in the Mishnah doesn't work in the case of the Chasana. Over there, you're dealing with a Surah Hana, with a Nidarim. We're more strict by Nidarim. I'll prove it to you. Ravaloza Shita by Vitor. Right? What's Ravaloza Shita by Vitor? We've had this before, that if I make a Nidar, that you can't, uh, uh, I, I can't benefit from you, right? We said there were certain conditions that we could sometimes do business with each other, right? The case, I think the case was where it was, uh, uh, the item was a uh, um, uh, small amount of, uh, of, of demand. Well, there are certain cases where I could do business with you. Let's say I could do business with you, even though you can't benefit from you. It's normal in that location to always throw a couple uh, extra eggs on top. Revolta says, no good. I, in the laws of Geneva, that's fine. Laws of Kenyanim, that's fine. We're machmer by, by Nadar. So to over here, so says the Ran, so to over here. Yes, it works in the laws of Kenyanim. How come the Mishri can't do it? Because we're strict by not benefiting from each other. That's why. It's a stringency by Nadarim. That's it. Um, okay. So you have a machloikis, in this case, whether a Kenyan, on condition to be makna, whether it's a good Kenyan. So the Gemara says, Tanan, The Mishnah ended off by saying that if I give you a gift that you can't do anything with, it's not a good gift. Like a general rule. What is that coming to be marbits? Coming to include a case. So Lasuyemai, Lav Lasuyemilsa, is not referring to this case, meaning the Mishnah ended off by the case of the Chasana and said, here's the rule. If I give you a gift that you can't do anything with, it's not a good gift. What was it coming to include? Was it not referring to this situation? So you see that this situation, in the case of the grandson and the son, it's a, it, was, it was referring to this case, and it's a Kenyan Amanas Lahaknes, and it doesn't work, not like Rivan Achman. So the Gemara says, the answer is no. That added line of the Mishnah was not referring to our case at all. It was referring to the second Lashon of Rava, which is, if you remember, that we said in the case of the Mishnah, the reason why it doesn't work is because when you gave over the Chasana case, you specifically verbalized what to do with it. We had two Lashonis of what type of verbalization is a problem, either in order or hopeful. So this Gemara is saying that the added Lashon to say that it doesn't work is including the hopeful Lashon. That if a person gives over the gift to a person by the Chasana, he says, everything by the Chasana is yours, but I hope that you have my father over, this, according to the second Lashon, is no good, and that's what the mission was coming to include. It was not referring to the case of a son and a grandson uh, by the Yerusha at all, it was coming to include that case, and therefore it's unrelated to our discussion. Hadron Allah, Hashot. Okay. Thank you so much. My pleasure.